Hey, George, what do we talk about in tonight's show? You know, I can't remember anything meaningful. Meaningful? Yeah. There was a lot of meaningful discussion on this show. I'm mostly just a top fan. I follow it. I don't remember what we talk about. And that's why we have you as a co-host. How does it feel to displace Logan from his uh, seat over there? Well, that's not easy. He's got big shoes to fill. Right. And by big shoes, um, well, <laughs> we'll get into it too later. So you really need to listen to this show. Hey, Jimmy, why would anybody want a left-hand rear brake? Well, Logan, you think about it. If you've got a recluse clutch in your bike and you toss the clutch lever away because you don't need it anymore, it's just like your bicycle. You like a brake up on your handlebar, don't you? Yeah. So it's the same theory on the motorcycle. It just gives you another level of control. Now, it's different, and you have to get used to it like anything, but it's a product that Recluse makes. They're in their third generation of these things now, and they're getting way better. So if you are looking for another way to control your motorcycle, uh, turn to Recluse for the left-hand rear brake kit, and it's available for most current dirt bikes. If you want to learn more, where do you go? www.recluse.com. How do you spell that, Logan? R-E-K-L-U-S-E. That's right. And yes. so now it's time for the show. Live from Perum, this is Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, where George and I tell you about motorcycle and motorcycle-related products. We answer your questions live uh, from the chat room, from the questions you left on the YouTubes, uh, the ones that you emailed us. The ones that flew in from outer space, however it all works, uh, we've got your questions here. We're going to answer 9 out of 10 without referring to a reference manual. Most of the time, the information is correct. And uh, George's job here tonight is to... I caught him. <laughs> He's got his mouth full. What's your job tonight, George? To talk when you're drinking? Right. There we go. We're back to the old ways here. Uh... No, but you're, you're, you can read the questions. Uh, Logan's not here again. You, I don't know what you let the air out of his dad's truck tires. What'd you do? Well, it's a HIPAA thing. We can't talk about Logan. Right. He may have been <laughs> in close proximity to somebody that had some kind of evil thing going on or uh, yeah. somebody that had that in their app. What happens in that app, the close contact, if you just falsely put in there, hey, I've tested positive? Is there a fail safe for that, or then 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 do the, the, the trolls dr just do the, that? The drones start following you around and stuff, right? <clears throat> the drones and all that stuff. Pretty small gallery tonight. Anyways, hey, uh, thanks everybody for joining in. Welcome uh, again. Welcome to the show. Uh, we will get to the questions that uh, I had. Do you have that? Where's the ones that you stole? Did you steal the one from last time? With right our, here. Remember what your second job is. To make this sound interesting. No, right I'm not doing that. You're that not was doing it. in the union contract. No, you have to. Well, we got to thank your sponsor. Right, Mary. Climb. So Climb has been supporting this show since, uh, oh, about episode 30 or so. They've been kind of behind us. Uh, what Climb gear did you wear today, George? I think I had Mojave pants. Right. I had a Carhartt shirt on. Uh-huh. And I had a Climb carbon fiber helmet on. What else Climb did I have? Um, but all were you wearing the, climb gear all day today, Jeremy? The full outfit oh, here, so so Jeremy was wearing let's Badlands. See the Badlands, it's that's in black, right? In what color was your Badlands? <laughs> like when you started? It was kind of a blackish brown. Right. Brown. So yeah. so we had Very blackish nice. brown to begin can, with, and then uh, can we show that? Yeah, sure. Hold it up to the camera. Yeah, and then it turned. How close it, it do you have to get? It turned the color of Pahrump. Uh Even closer would be better. 
This just, is actually. Oh, a, oh, oh I'm asking. Dirt, dirt people moment. I'm asking. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And you wonder why we, what we call Prump Valley the dirt people. Uh, so it, what color did it turn, Jeremy? It turned that color. Very tan. Very. It turned the color of that fesh fesh on the dry, dry lake fish. Fesh fesh. Yeah. So, but your Badlands protected you. I, I feel no pain. I as no as as gear should. So, uh, everybody, um, we we don't have to talk about it too much. We just know that it's a good quality gear. Um, I what wear, kind of bike were you riding? Obviously, it was a KTM. But the other, the other <laughs> year, we all were, were, were wearing Climb Hydro packs. Oh, that's true. Yeah. We all had some kind of. Because you had the uh, two Arsenal vests, yep. and then I had Wait, just their backpack. Two Arsenal vests. No, I just wear one. Oh, I want to know who wears where. So we want to know if you can beta test some of the uh, air inflatable stuff, because we think we'll put it on Jeremy and we'll get results right away. Uh, Okay, Climb, (laughs) you heard that. Send us the... Actually, they're working on... I did a a podcast live from Climb, and they're working on the, the... the computer science behind making that airbag deploy properly for off-road the, the the road racing for sure there's a lot of data out there on road there's a lot of data out there it was a little bit easier for them to acquire that i guess um but they're working on it for off-road as well so and that's primarily for head and neck uh, is that what it does or is it everything it's everything yeah it's it's kind of everything would have saved me in my belly flopped in the rib rib break on the 50 would you have put it on to try it, sure. You weren't oh, being yeah. very. You, you were not being I, very safe that day. I had a chest protector on and everything that when, day. When you tipped over on the fifty and broke ribs, you had a chest protector. I wouldn't on. call it a tip over first. I think that's very much <laughs> understating my horrific get off. Okay, but you were you were less than you were less than like, how tall is that? The wheels are ten inches tall, and the seat height might be twenty five inches. You were you were just barely over two feet from the ground. Well, there you go. I was on a Honda. Let me get this out of the way. Powered by a distinct ready-to-race mentality, KTM is the world's leading high-performance street and off-road sport motorcycle manufacturer with North American headquarters based in Murrieta, California. Over the years, KTM has built a reputation as a fierce competitor on racetracks around the world, and the brand's remarkable global success is reflected in every product it develops and every move it makes. Oh, that that's a that's a mouthful, George. You 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 only had one little stutter in it, so still well, not I'm, at the level of perfection that we expect around here. I'm four deep on the tequila already. So. Ooh, yeah, that's so for four deep on the tequila, we'll give that to you. Um, so who today here uh, was riding a KTM? Yeah, I I rode a Honda today also. Um, I rode a gas gas. No, no, I didn't ride it. That was yesterday. I rode a gas gas. Rode a beta today. Um, so yeah, we ride them all. Uh, welcome everybody uh, to the show. We're gonna get straight to the questions. Do we have any questions in the chat room? It is zero degrees in Anchorage. Oh, oh wait a minute, Todd Kelly. He switched over from Rogan's YouTube. Who's Rogan? Uh, uh, sitting on traffic lights. Out of malfunction, hope to get off on time. I don't know what that is, but I'm pretty sure that, that we're better than Rogan, right? He's not in a good place right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Raymond Wynn asks, what is a good silencer for my 2021 KTM 300? Um, I looked at a the one that's a Q, and it's not offered for this bike. I think it's back ordered. <laughs> it's um, the one you're looking at, Raymond. Uh, th- 
that the one you're looking at is a good one. Yeah, I I like to. I, I can't remember that name brand anymore. It's hard for me. Oh, come it's on difficult. now. How many letters are there? <clears throat> three. There's three. Are two yeah. Of them in the same letter. Two of them are Ooh. starts and ends in the same letter. Yeah. Middle one's kind of an upside down. down w. w. Yeah, that one. <clears throat> if they if they if they would just kind of, I think they're turning into a t-shirt company, not a muffler company, and they don't really want to talk to me about it. So, which is really bad, but that's okay. The marketing guy's in charge, not me. That one's on my three hundred, and it runs like a rape day. How, how do you like the paint job I put on that thing? Yeah, you did it, a real it, good touch up on it that. It worked pretty good, right? Yeah. Blended it in a little bit on the side cover, but that's okay. So George did something that just bothered me. He he showed up with a giant sticker on the side of his muffler. Now, I mean, I'm about stickers and product placement and the right thing, but like stickers on the muffler is just, it's, it's one of those things that um, I just don't do. I don't see, you know, like. The factory puts a sticker on it. I thought I'd have one. I got all these <laughs> stickers in a box. I thought I'd put it on. There. Okay. So inappropriate sticker on the muffler, like the, I mean, you could have got your muffler from the sticker that you put on the side it of it. It was a J.C. Whitney sticker or something like that. Wasn't it something pretty generic? <laughs> it was like, like, you know how, you know how when you see something and it's just completely wrong. I, I mean, whatever. So when I see stuff motorcycle wise and it's just it's completely wrong. It just, it, it bothers me. And I don't need to, I don't necessarily need to say anything except, you know, you, you might be in close enough into my circle where I feel like I'm like obligated for me not to look too stupid because you, I got my, your stickers on my bike. Is that what it wait, was? My stick. No, you put a sticker on your muffler and, and so tell them why you put the sticker on the muffler. Cover up a big scratch or dent or ding or something on the side. Who did that? You did. Okay, so I felt somewhat responsible. It wasn't just you riding around with the stickle on, on the muffler. <laughs> it was a big sticker, by the way. It was almost the size of the muffler. And I was more worried that it was going to actually melt onto the muffler, which it can do because it wasn't really a muffler sticker. Now, if your muffler comes with, like, stickers or decorations on it, which is usually the reason most people buy a muffler so it has a better decoration to their motorcycle, um, I – Anyhow, I, I had to peel it off, and then I then I spray painted his muffler to remove the scratches that I put into it because I kind of understand the, the the scratch thing was it it looked pretty janky, but it worked out. No, it, it col- the color matched pretty good. I don't, you know, I really don't care. I I put a sticker on. <laughs> so um, yeah, uh, hey George, what color depends are you wearing? Oh, geez. well, they're brown now. <laughs> okay, we know that. This is where this is going, right? Sean McNee, he's got a question. Okay. There, a writing question, though. Right. I can answer this. This isn't an those. uncommon theme. He says, so he's planning on doing the tur- tour of Idaho next year. What's the best piece of advice you can lay on me? Question mark. I'm diving deep into the navigation and will be running two GPSs on handlebars. Bike's a 501 setup for off road. Um, probably, it's not an easy ride. I've heard you say that off the air. The tour, many times. tour of Idaho. Yeah. It's so not just a, he's he's setting up the bike and he wants to know um, what's the best piece of advice. Uh, modify the crap out of your bike, right? No, it's no. not really about the bike. So <laughs> bolt it on. His question is just generally about advice. Uh, I don't think he's asking really particularly about the bike. Man, that that's such a 
that's a that's a huge question because there's so many there's so many avenues you can go down and if you want to have a successful tour of idaho it's prior proper preparation that's that's the answer and like well what does that really mean it's like make sure your bike is absolutely dialed Um, make sure that your bike is familiar you're trying to eliminate problems and so you want to be familiar with your bike you want to make sure that your motorcycle meets the criteria it needs to meet to, to accomplish the goal, <clears throat> you know, and most of the bikes today are plenty durable as long as you uh, are on the right type of bike. So right type of bike. Um, if you're on the right type of bike, it's going to be plenty durable. Just don't screw it up with something that you've done that you haven't tested um, and make sure you're familiar with whatever setup it is that you're running. And then make sure that you as a, as a rider um, are aware of your ability level you've done all those kinds of types of trails before with your fully loaded up um you know bike the way you're going to ride it so you're familiar with how it handles because it's going to be a little bit different than if it's completely stripped down and uh just practice make sure you've got your your riding skills in point and realize that you're not doing this for one day or two days you're doing this for seven eight nine days in a row and that's where I think a lot of people, one little problem that you have bringing into it that you can suffer through for a day or two is no problem. So like you pick the wrong tire, let's say, and it doesn't get the traction that you're used to. Well, that's okay for one or two days, but on the third day, the suffering that you did in the first two days will come back to haunt you. You know, that's, that's usually what happens. And then you think the day three issues or something, wait till day four and day five, and the problems that you caused on day one and two are now, you know, affecting you later on. So it's prior proper preparation. Those I, are probably really, really long days for most people, right? Uh, yes, I, for most most people. And and when I when I did it, I Martin <laughs> Martin, the guy who designed the tour and stuff, he you know he he knew where my riding ability was, so he wasn't giving me as much slack as he wanted to. I mean, I mean, a, a flack as he wanted to when I was starting like at like at seven thirty or eight in the morning, which is like you know that's a normal time for most people. To start. He wants you to start before the sun comes up, and I was kind of like, ah, eh, no, no big deal. I I got this, and luckily I didn't have any problems that slowed me down. That's usually what slows you down. If you're just riding at a normal safe pace, which I was, I wasn't going much faster than the way that probably most guys ride that tour, I just wasn't ever stopping or having problems. And, uh, so I think, I think he was kind of, he was kind of pickled (laughs) that I didn't take off in the morning, but then again, it ended up being successful, but that's what I do for my life, a living in in general. So I have a big, big advantage going into that kind of stuff because I've raced that way. I've, I ride that way a lot of times, you know, long, long days and just, it's kind of normal where for most people it's a dream and you have to practice and work up to it. So. Well, I remember Hans talking about his, he, he tried it this year, right? Yes. Or last year. Yep. No, this year. Yeah. Last, last year. <clears throat> something real simple, I think, took him out in the end late. If I recall, maybe you recall better. I think he said something simple happened. He went to put a foot down in a stop late, late in the day, tired, or something like that, and fell over and hurt his knee or something, right? Um, I think that was the story. And, yeah, and I think he kind of, I think he had a, his knee was a little bum going into it, and he just had a couple little situations that 
made it worse and worse, but it's all it takes is one. I mean, it could happen for anybody. You could have that accident or that little mistake and no matter what, that's going to prevent it. But it seems like that's more common than it should be on the tour. You know, when you hear the stories about different guys having problems and when, when I kind of look at it and, and, and watch, it's like, okay, yeah, that's what you said ended your tour, but you look, you know, three days earlier, it was like, oh yeah, I was going a little bit too fast. And I high sided off of a trail and took three hours to get the bike back on. And I kind of ginched my knee. And then sure enough, it's like, well, I, you know, I put my knee down here and it twisted it. Is that a result of, you know, was it weak and all that kind of stuff? So lots of. But I know Hans is pretty bummed because I think he was serious about training himself to do it. Oh, no, he did. And he says, I, I want to go. He's an older guy, but he's a good, capable, good rider, fast yeah. rider capable. and everything. And, and yeah, he's pretty bummed. He said, he, you know, I trained for four months for this or something and, you know, didn't make it. So he wants to go back. Did you see Logan gave us some hand claps? No, he gave us some hand claps on the on the thing here. That's because he didn't hear what you said about him. You're just totally beating him up on the stuff. How, what is that making that noise? Besides Bob's eating the chips, I can hear that too. <laughs> somebody somebody wanted us to turn the mic up for Bob uh, when he when he talks on the backside, and I told him that was a bad idea. Turn the camera around. Uh, that'll make him run away. It's pretty good. Um, it's 47 degrees in Maryland, Bob. <laughs> uh, just, um, just telling you the weather because everybody wanted to know what the uh, zero in Anchorage. I wanted to know what the weather was from where everybody was. Yeah, I can't believe you got pretty much your regular following audience here on. They don't the care. They don't. They they've done their part. They probably they're smart people. They probably went out and voted. Now it's up to the, uh, it's up to everybody else to figure out how it works. And I haven't paid attention to it that much because I can't change it at this point. Nothing to worry about. I don't think it's going to be as big. Of, I don't think the world's going to go in the crapper or get markedly better because of the voting. I, that's my particular um, thing. So I asked the audience here, you know, via the chat room, I said, what's the what's the best tip you've got so far from T4? And uh, basically, nobody's got anything out of this. <laughs> Except Victor talked about tequila tasting or something. Uh, hey, hey, Victor! Watch this. No, no, it's it's too far. I can't reach it. Um, tequila tasting. You can do that if you want to. Um, somebody said the best upgrade for your bike is a better rider. That sounds like a marketing slogan. Could be. It's probably on the for, back of that shirt for a riding school <laughs> that I own. Maybe openings um, this weekend, right? We have class this weekend, and I think we have a couple spots if Jeremy doesn't take them. Um, so we should be we should be good. So I think I'm going to get right into the questions here. Um, you can start because that's the, usually your job. I've been trying. Well, I've been trying to open the cap on this thing the for Moda, a long time. Modelito, and I don't a Modelito, and I don't have a uh, a device for it. You saw me trying to use the the DDC sprocket, which I thought for sure it would have an angle in there at some place to hook on this thing, but it really doesn't. It's uh, to design flaw. Uh, yeah, or send something to. Okay, so Delaney, uh, you know, Is if you're on? if you're a sprocket manufacturer, having a having a uh, a bottle opener on the design, I know Black Dog Cycle Works Cycle Works has the bottle opener on the bottom of their foot pegs. Do oh, you, really? That you, would be pretty cool if this was all bottle openers around there. So. Right. Yeah, but then someone would actually try to do it while the bike was moving, and somebody would get sued, and then we'd be all in trouble. And 
wouldn't it wouldn't work out. <laughs> Just yeah. Okay. Question number one from Scott Zundell. Where slash how can I ask a question for the show? Question mark. Really enjoy the show. No, no, no. That's that's the question. That's it. That's the that question. He's done. Scott Zendel asked that question. Right. Oh, okay. So I posted. I kind of announced the show on Facebook. I usually do it on Tuesday. That's when I go get my social media binge. Uh, and I announced the show and I said, "Ask your questions here." And then I got that question that said, "How do I ask a question for the show?" So instead of asking that question, Scott, we take all the questions from that post, like we are right now. And then we actually answer them. So the best way, if you're interested in asking a question, is instead of typing in that question, you type in your question like, what is the best way to get 78 horsepower out of my KTM 500? And then I would I would tell you how to do that. But, hey, did anybody see that thing I put on the I, I put up on Dirt Bike Test today about the dyno? Engineering no. Explained? No, I was out riding. Really? Why would you do that when you could watch the internets? You're right. I should be sitting in a room in my mom's house on the phone. On the phone. Checking these things. Or on your computer. And yeah, just checking dirtbiketest.com at every moment's notice to see what's up. I put a thing um, about uh, this guy. He does engineering explained. And he he takes kind of car questions and, and explains car stuff. And he had a really good one about like what is horsepower. And and how ridiculous of a number horsepower is because it was all derived off of uh, what James Watt uh, felt the power of a horse was, which is completely wrong, by the way. <laughs> um, now, that, now, the best way to measure uh, power is Watts, which was named after him, even though the guy made this ambiguous figure. But here's what's really important is that if you are going to tell somebody how much horsepower your bike makes – you should always use the SAE method because we get more horsepower than the metric method. Just, just information. And if you're really smart, you'll bring it to my dyno because I got my dyno tuned uh, to make more horsepower than anybody else's. That's just, your butt dyno, though, right? No, that dyno is like bad. That dyno, <laughs> that dyno, <laughs> like everybody hates that dyno because it doesn't correlate to the actual real dyno that they use, mm. which is kind of my beef with dynos. Because, like, we don't ride dynos. They they for, especially for dirt bikes. I mean, it's a great tuning tool. It can be used by smart people, but there's a lot of people I've run into in this world that only tune on a dyno, and then they tell you as the rider, it's like, oh, you're an idiot, because, like, what they're seeing, which is usually a horsepower number that they're trying to achieve, uh, doesn't. When you say, well, the bike's not rideable, and they're like, but it makes more horsepower. And we get in that, we uh, run down that uh, train. So, okay, enough beating a dead horse, which, by the way, would probably make the proper amount of horsepower for horsepower readings. Beating a dead horse? Dead horse. Yeah, it would be the best way. Ready for another one off the sheet here? Uh, Go ahead. I'm getting rally training updates. Really enjoy the show, but my work work schedule prevents me from watching Tech Talk Taco Tuesday Live. So thanks for taking the time to answer my questions. I ride a 2014 KTM 200 XCW. 200? 200. Oh. You have one, don't you? Yeah. 14, it's about that year, isn't right. it? Right. Okay. He says in parentheses, gnarly with a Q stealth. He's telling us uh, what, pipe. what kind of pipe, yeah. Okay. Riding slow. 
technical single track in Ohio and Kentucky, muck, clay, rocks, logs, creeks, etc. Thanks for the suggested gearing changes. I went from a 1448 stock to a 1350. He says that's a 12% change. And we don't, I don't do math to do you. Not much. Okay. And it made a significant difference. So he, he geared it down a little. Hopefully I told him to do that, right? Because yeah, he liked it. Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah. I'm staying in second now versus first on hills and obstacles. Yeah, I remember this question. We were trying to we were trying to get him out of first because he felt like first was dropping it way too low. And, and yeah, trying yeah, to find a happy it. place for his speed he yeah. wanted to go. The bike is tractoring. I'm not getting on the pipe and losing traction. So we talked about this the mm-hmm. other day, right? Lots of traction. Much better. So he's happy. That's that, good. There's not a question there. You oh, here gave we him go. advice, uh-huh. and that's good. So we're, we're going to move on. Next question. When doing very slow technical rock gardens and uphill rock ravine creek climbs, the bike occasionally steams and overheats, especially in the hot, humid summer. Time for a radiator fan kit or any other suggest, suggested fixes. Any downsides to install a radiator fan? Thanks, Doug. Okay, Doug. Uh, we've discussed this. We've heard this on the show before, but I'm going to tell you straight away, there's no downside to installing the radiator fan. None whatsoever uh, that I've found yet, other than if you have a gas tank it doesn't fit on or whatever. But um, good good modification. Um uh, it can it can generally only help, but, but the heat, but the heat, even in your two stroke, is coming from the clutch. So the 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 essentially the clutch is like it the way it slips and stuff. It's causing friction, and I know we got your gearing right and everything. And maybe um, now since you're a little bit more in second gear, you might be slipping the clutch a little bit more. And the way that I teach when we teach, we teach you to use. The clutch is a power amplifier, not a power reducer, but the way that most people use the clutch is they reduce the power, and that power has to go someplace, and it goes into heat, and it heats up the engine oil, and it heats up the cases, and the clutch is just hot, and the oil's transferring all that heat, and it works its way up into the to the cylinder, up into the cooling, up into the, into the water pump, and so that's what's causing, that's where your heat is coming from. And so the easiest way to get rid of that is to get off the clutch. That's the that's the simple thing. Uh, the fan will help a little bit, and it it's sometimes when you combine that low speed, not really moving with the you know the less airflow, then it kind of just compounds the problem. The the cooling fan will help that, but it's really hard to dissipate the heat from the clutch in a motor on any motor. the The cooling system really wasn't designed. To, to to dissipate that amount of heat. So take that for uh, for what it's worth. And Bob is waving his hand over there, and he's got his mask on. The transmission oil loops the backside of the water pump. So as you yeah. Say, if it gets really hot, it's going to go right into the water. Yep, it goes into it goes everywhere. I mean, the heat, it goes into your frame. <laughs> you know, I felt frames get hot from guys being hard in their clutch before. So, um, yeah, Doug, I think... Uh, Think about think about what you're doing with the clutch. Uh, recluse. Um, that recluse. And speaking of recluse, they sponsor this show as well. Whoa! Uh, you could put a recluse in it, and then you wouldn't have to touch the clutch at all. Uh, but on a 200, I'll, I'll mind you on a 200. Uh, that's a tricky setup on the recluse because 
if you set it up the way I do, the bike tends to bog a little bit because it's only a 200. It just can't lug. Well, if you're like my heavy ass, like I don't want it slipping enough to really build the power to be able to torque out. But then I set it up so it kind of bogs a little. It kind of bogs the bike down. A lot of people don't like that. So it's a that's a the the recluse on the 200 is a tricky one. I've I've I have it in mine, and then I I took it out. I actually like the old uh, Z Start Pro. I got. I was able to get that one working perfect on the recluse, but the EXP has been uh, tough on that particular bike. But Z Start has all the babies in it. It's all the ball bearings, yeah. And it was just it was a it was a smoother, longer engagement, and you could control it more. And I remember I spent a lot of time taking that cover off and replacing tungsten balls with other balls, and too many too many balls for me. Okay, ready ready for another one. Okay. Jimmy, good job last week on the Spark Arrestor discussion. I wanted to follow up with a little more information that might be interesting to the group. Oh, this is oh, I got. Let me paraphrase this because it's going to get long. This is Chris Real. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's four pages. Well, I know. Give it back. It's. I'm going to uh, post it up. Uh, no, it's not. It's not for posting. I was going to ha- handle this question to begin with because Chris goes in a, it, it, it extreme detail, which in the so that so. Um, Basically, we had some questions about like, you know, bullet spark arrestor, uh, screen spark arrestor, and all this other time. Well, Chris told me, it's pretty interesting, that, you know, through his company, DPS Technical, they've been, they certify things to make them legal, whether it's, you know, through EPA or CARB and stuff. They do a lot of testing. And he was saying that now with, on some of the KTM Adventure bikes um, and some other some other bikes, they've actually got it certified where the, the, the combination of the CAT and the way that they have the, um, let me see, let me see what it says. Uh, they've, they've been able to certify the EFI, the oxygen sensor, the catalytic converter, and the muffler, and the onboard diagnostic system to basically be certified as a spark arrestor. So you don't actually have a mechanical spark arrestor in there. They they have it, you know, figured out that that thing will not pass sparks so technically it 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 works but he was saying that the government agencies that enforce it in other words the forest service and stuff that that want to come and stick a stick down your muffler uh they don't know that this level of 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 certification has been achieved so um yeah they're um they're kind of getting pretty far ahead on on that kind of stuff and the other thing he mentioned is that uh, yeah? What was the other? There's one other thing. Oh, that he 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 was he said that on a side note. Whenever I'm supporting an event organizer, I strongly urge the documented use of spark resters. And so he's talking about anytime they're doing sort of races where they might go on, they might go off of like a you know off of a a, a racetrack or something like that. So any type of race. Because this allows the event organizer to function and keeps them from violating a section of the Code of Federal Regulations that, if viable, violated, is a justifiable justifiable cause for the land manager to cancel the event and revoke the permit. So he's saying that if you need, uh, if you're having an event, to make sure the bikes have spark arresters on them because it, it can help your event, and it's it's federally required and and it also stemmed from a question that somebody asked why do certain bikes that are kind of quote off-road bikes not come with spark arresters 
because they're sold as competition vehicles. And in the in the legislative side, smarter people than us have made sure that we can still go out and practice on our competition vehicle. So if you're going to go do that and you're going to end up on public lands, then you should then you're required to put a spark restaurant on it. But if they sell the bike with the spark restaurant then the manufacturer is saying oh we intend this to be ridden on oh. public land so it's it's kind of like a, it's a little bit of a red tape thing and uh that's why they don't come that way so um i will i will read his his thing here it says spark arresters on racing motorcycles from the epa perspective imply that the vehicle might not be used recreationally thus falling into a different category Recreation and not racing exempt. So the manufacturers, this is why manufacturers do not install them as standard equipment on race bikes. So, and he, he touched on that. So the manufacturers bit. are trying to do the right thing and put spark arresters on their bikes. Uh, and no, no, the no, no, government's no. looking at it the other way and going, oh, this bike must be made for something else. Right. It's, it, well, they, they don't put the spark arrestor on it because they want to be able to sell you that motorcycle. Um, as a competition vehicle, because you want that level of performance. If if you decide to put a spark arrestor on it and take it off road, that's on you. Hmm. Yeah. So that's the you know it's the way it, the way it works. So um, Chris also just piped in here on the clutch question by suggesting you could you can add volume, put a bigger clutch cover on. Oh, for add volume of oil. oil, so it takes a little longer to heat up that oil. It also takes it longer to cool down. Longer to cool it down. <laughs> well, I, there's more surface area on that clutch cover, which I guess could radiate uh, heat, right? Uh, maybe a little bit better, but it just takes it takes a little longer to achieve that temperature. And generally, the guys that are slipping the clutch, it's just uh, it's prolonging the problem and causing it to uh, last a little bit longer and stuff. Um, Rusty nails saying the best. Uh, advice he got off the show was to torque by feel versus torque wrench. I'm not <laughs> sure that's great advice. That's kind of a way of life. How did your torque wrench work yesterday? Did you get did you get certified yesterday? Oh, didn't you hear my elbow? I called out. Bob read the torques out of the manual, and then the next thing you knew, I you, dialed you it in. Your elbow clicked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I heard that going on. I wasn't sure what was going yeah. on. There was a lot going on. That's what it was. I wasn't trying to pay attention. Oh yeah, let's go over the. The Jimmy, well, we should talk about that install, but let's go over your installation methods versus the uh, instructions and the uh, installation video that oh, we'll get. Oh, Jesus! (laughs) (laughs) So we jimmied it. Yeah, well, we gave it it a shot. Okay, so um, we're talking about the new Recluse uh, rear brake, left hand rear brake setup, and of course. Um, I, we got two of them because Bob is a, is a believer. Mojave Bob is a believer and uses them on his bike. So I said, here, Bob, take this new one and go and put it on your bike and ride with it and tell me how it works in comparison to the older one. Because I also have an older one, and I will go ride Bob's bike, and I will do the same comparison. Uh, what Bob failed to realize is that he was going to tell me all about it without going to ride his bike. So he's like a... He's, he's like an Instagram influencer or a magazine test writer from another magazine where they just guess how it's going to work. Uh, usually, usually they don't even install it themselves. They just they just have somebody put it on, and then they, they look at it, and they go, okay, and they take a picture, and then they tell you how it works, which is not the way we work around here. But It's nice how you're able to disrespect people right to their face when they're in the room here. 
You know, you don't beat around the bush and say things behind their back. I don't. No, I like you, you just you just let it all flow right out. I would that's, rather. That's a good quality. I'm serious. Uh, it it is for like at least ten percent of the population. The rest of the ninety percent just like to go and hide and then talk about you and your in. Like if you like, if you have something to say, you should just say it. And you're kind of that way, which I'd argue is why you're not just a shill. Uh huh. On the bikes and the stuff you review. I mean, you know. <laughs> Well, it's just it's just a lot easier that way. There's then there's no secrets. So back to back to like I didn't. So the the new recluse system, the the big change. A lot of the components are the same, except for that whole master cylinder is completely different. And I saw the parts that came with it because I did look at it carefully. I shot photos of it, and I didn't tell you how I thought about it because I didn't know because I hadn't used it. It, it, it has a mountain bike-esque sort of bleeding system where they actually give you the two syringes like they do in the brakes. And they, 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 they have this big, you know, intricate way of doing it that I think is designed for, well, I'm going to say it out loud, like uh, less me- mechanically inclined people than me. And uh, so knowing that bleeding brakes and clutch systems, hydraulic clutch systems, is one of the worst tasks ever. And there's so much failure in it. I have a way that I that I it's kind of proven it works. So I told you guys what to do. I said don't don't read all that crap. Screw Some of the, that worked pretty good. I was glad to try it. Screw the instructions. I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you ninety percent of the way, and then after because the, the idea is you need to fill the system up with hydraulic fluid with 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 a mineral oil. You need to do is it mineral oil or brake fluid? Brake, brake fluid. fluid on that one, right? You need to fill it up with brake fluid, and I know the best way to do that. So I told you. I said you know. Zip tie a baggie down to the bottom and just start pouring on the top and let it gravity feed down there. And then and then and then instead of using syringes that pop off and all these different things, it's it's sort of the same system. This was just very simplified. And just, you know, use let it bleed down in there and then squeeze it around and you know get it so where you you're you're using that baggie. I, I told him to, you know, just basically submerge the end of that hose in the fluid and then you kind of squeeze it back in so you're doing the same thing and with that syringes. Worked per, that actually that part of that with worked pretty good it's just there was some mechanical things going on in there because exactly because when there's two syringes it's kind of a pressurized system it's not as in in and i've seen the ones where they pump it back up the system and then it overfills on the top and it just makes a mess but anyways um just like your your torque wrench in your arm this is a, a simplified method of doing stuff but there's something different in that master cylinder that it doesn't bleed out exactly the same. I think there's an air chamber in there some way that, that you have to, that it needs to be forced into it. So anyways, we, we got it. We didn't. Yeah, it works good. It didn't take much. It was just, you know, realizing that that thing has to be up at, and the instructions show the picture of the, the thing being bled kind of pointed up in the air, but we had, I forget what we did. We had to force it down through that little bleed port. and, And the caveat to all this is when we're installing this, I use the 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 oil that we stored up in the rear master cylinder or the real the rear in the rear real slave cylinder rear rear wheel cylinder we use that to kind of back flush everything back cuz right. but there what I think what happened is there wasn't enough volume in that to push everything all the way back Yeah maybe Bob was up last night he couldn't sleep cuz he's waking up screaming that we didn't bleed the whole brake system <laughs> You know, we, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't, well, we bled it. We didn't replace all the fluid that had been in there and that upset him. Oh, because were they, are they dissimilar fluids? That's they, why he threw your 
air tank around away or whatever. Oh no, they were the same fluids. You just, you know, good practice. You change change all that stuff out and everything. But I will tell you with a hundred ride with. I will tell you with a hundred percent certainty that the way that I do things is not the way a factory mechanic does them. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's a it's a way that a guy or that somebody wanted, that's paid to do it right. <laughs> oh no 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 no! If if I promise you that eighty percent of the people you pay will do it more like me than the way a factory mechanic would do it. And Bob comes from like airplane mechanics. You got you want to do all that, get it right. I mean, we're getting on a dirt bike, and if we ride it out there and the brake fails, we'll get around it. Yes, and not in the air though. No, but the, the I, I'm I'm doing this stuff like a guy that wants to go riding. Yeah, and just and let it's get it done, and it's gonna I'm gonna get it done to a level where it's gonna work perfectly for a long, long time. That's the. That's the end goal. I don't want to check off all the boxes and, and, you know, have a little star put on it and then have somebody pat me on the back. I just want to get it done. Let's go ride. That's it. Let's not beat around the bush. And we did that. We did. It worked. And it seems to function as designed. I mean, you can lock up the rear wheel with that or whatever. It's, you know, jury's still out if I want to, you know, get another one, put it on another bike or, or how much I'll use it. Right. I keep worrying I'm going to grab it, it, a handful it, of something and have it's going to be the wrong thing I intend to grab. And, <laughs> As opposed to the clutch. Yeah. Well, you have a recluse clutch in there, so you should never be grabbing that lever to begin with. Right? Or do you Not actually pull the clutch in? Like how much? So you have recluses on most of your bikes. Yeah. How much do you ever pull the clutch in anymore? Uh, a lot of times I start out, it, but as I get my uh, clutches tuned a little better, uh-huh. I use it less and less. Okay. You know? Right. But I got to put, put my clake on and give that an honest shot. <laughs> don't worry. There's no O-rings in it, so you don't have to worry about it too much. Uh, I think we start right up there, uh, the, the top of that page. Jimmy, my name is Adam with Flippa. <laughs> right? That's, that's what it okay, says. My name is Adam with Flippa. F-L-I-P-P-A. I came across your affiliate-based content site slash business, and I think it is great. I wanted to ask you whether or not you'd ever considered selling your business. Hmm. Have you ever had a valuation done on it? Hmm. I'd love to offer you a complimentary valuation here. If you'd like to discuss how to sell your business, I'd be more than happy to set up a time that works for you. Cheers. Right. Well, so he's stealing cheers from me because wow. that's my word. So dirt bike cess is for sale, and I know what I think it's worth. Like it's it's worth a lot. Like I don't know what a lot is, but it's worth a lot. And so Adam at Flippa, you just uh, you just uh, set up a time anytime you want. When we're starting to talk the dollars, I, that's just, that sounds like a good deal. Like it's worth. If somebody's emailing me, it's worth something, right? Cold emails directly to your yeah. Like, yeah, it's worth a lot. So if if you're thinking about advertising on Dirt Bike Test, you better get in now before Adam gets a hold of it because he's going to have higher rates than we have right now. And he's already seen our conversions. Like, I mean, think about it. We do that KTM read, and every person in this room right now is riding a KTM. Is that strange or what? No, it's it's proven (laughs) advertising that works, and that's why you should be on DirtBikeTest.com. Oh, you know what I'm really upset about, though? Like, the magazine is Missing that done. air tank. No, the magazine oh. is not done. It's, it, it was, was supposed spo- to... You're, you're, there wasn't really a date Des- set other than in your head. 
for today. Well, evidently, according to all the other people that I work with, yes, there was. I, I was the only one that had the date and that didn't communicate it to anybody else. But um, so it's it's on I me. Knew. You knew, yeah. That's why I've been so stressed lately. I mean, I, I don't really have stress, but like, like if it how, wasn't that, it'd be something else. How come it's? I always wonder how come it's not done. I'm like, what the hell? It's not done. I so so it's on me. So if if but there'll be a lots of ads in that. So you should be happy because you're gonna get. Uh, lots of advertising and it's enough to make us want to do it again. Another magazine, or at least, uh, do I want to do it again? I'm not sure. We'll decide after we see how many people look at it. And where do we find this digital magazine? Super secret right now, but you, you, you'd probably best start by going to dirtbiketest.com. Okay. That's the, probably the first place we'll announce it here and I'll, I'll show people it. And maybe a, maybe a, maybe when this is a YouTube video banner will pop up and it'll try to advertise it. There's ways we can do this, I heard. There's like this this whole internet marketing. If we could just platform. get somebody in the industry that could navigate their way around this and get some help, it, it'd really help out. Huh? I think that um, – I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Do you know anybody? Do you know, but you got to listen to them. Really? Yeah. Actually, I think, I think what would work is that if you, – you just want me to get one of those um, Rapion accounts – where I where I just <laughs> where I just bend over and people insert ten dollars. Hey, I, that's this this great relationship here started <laughs> when you and I were in a bar and you said you needed a little help with the internet, and I said I know a guy. You said, <laughs> and wait. you refer to that as the insta raping, but <laughs> <laughs> we set some stuff up, and you went from like nine hundred followers to. At least like fourteen hundred, you know. So. This is coming from my from my advisor here, who has at least fourteen followers. I tried no, to throw you some twelve. I, I tried to throw you some love last week on the show, and it I did it go up. Did you get some more followers? You know, I do, but I disregard all those. Right after the show, I typically get some stuff. Oh, and you, you don't let you don't let them follow. No, you. I don't let them. You my let, inner circle is much tighter than yours. Okay, it is. Yeah, can they fit ten dollars in it? <laughs> That's the I important do, I, thing. I, I take tips. Yeah. So you ready for another one from John Bailey? Okay. okay. Great review, Jimmy! Exclamation mark. Well, what did you expect? But I don't know what he's talking. Uh, I've been waiting patiently for my 2021, and in the meantime, have been on my 2014 300 XCW. So I assume he's getting a 2021 300. Yep. You saying it's worth it? Push me over the edge, exclamation point. So you sold another bike. That's another That's another one. Like if he was sitting in this room, it would only be KTM riders. You should have been, you You should have had a board to really check off all these because you do sell a lot of bikes. Right. You know, well, every, every week somebody says, hey, I bought it because of what you said. I was trying to think, of, I, I, if I had an assistant, I would have him hang a little board here and we'd just turn around every time and just put it, put it up there. But like you guys, what are you guys doing? You guys riding tomorrow? Do you know anybody that can fabricate fabricate up a piece of wood that I could just like you know reach back and we just screw it into the wall here? No, no, you're gonna go riding again, go anyway, puff dusting. He's, so John says I still love my 2014 and cannot part with it until and he put a question mark. So he wants and to keep his 2014. No, sell it, sell it. The market's good now. You, you're gonna for do, used bike for used bike. Sell it, sell the damn thing. Turn you're not gonna you you will you will not want to ride that bike after having a new one. Well, I don't know. Some people, some people like, you know, it's, it, it, here's the funny thing. And I, and I kind of, I've, 
been riding the Beta 300. And so the Beta is uh, carbureted, and the newer KTMs like yours is fuel injected. And they definitely have a different, they have a different kind of a feel. And whether it's good or bad kind of depends on the rider because the carbureted bikes feel like they have, for most people, they get the sensation of this bike has more power, more snap, more throttle response, um, all that kind of stuff. So if you do, if you do buy your 2021 and you get it and you go, I'm a little, you know, disappointed by quote the power delivery, then, then you want to hang on to your 14 for a little while and then kind of go back and forth. And then, and then you can evolve to the, uh, the superior area era of fuel injected riders I like to say that you know you you can evolve your way up to to that. I'm surprised that beta is carbureted because it runs really good. Well, that's so that's fuel injection dragging everybody along for the ride because before you could have kind of what we would call like marginal jetting, like jetting that wasn't that good. And I I've, I played with the the clip and the pilot jet on that bike a little bit to get it. Before I wouldn't have com- complained, but now things are so good. If if it burbles a little bit or the throttle response isn't spot on, uh, I notice it. And if I were to ride that beta from here up to you know the the higher part of the mountain where you get up around seven thousand feet, the the throttle response would change, and I would literally, I mean, just me would want to go into the carburetor and and make a you know an adjustment where the fuel injected bikes don't change, and and they're they stay solid. So just like, you know, just like the four strokes. And if you think carburetors are here to stay, just look at all the four strokes and then look at all the cars and look at all the stuff. And yeah, I still need to get a carburetor for my Cadillac because that was fuel injected back hey, in 1974. Hear that? We need a carburetor for a 1974 Cadillac. Cadillac Eldorado with the 501 it's in it. being outfitted for a very important event. Gambler, Gambler 500. 500. Yeah. I got to figure out how to, I got to chop the back of the motorhome so I can put that Cadillac. I think I'll just, I think I'm actually going to drive it up in reverse and just put the drive wheels up there and have it hang off the back and the front wheels just kind of rear tow it. And then, and then I think you you could ramp it up there above the bathroom. Right. Have the ramp, just ramp it up so the back is going to be as high as, yeah. Yeah. And, but, but I kind of want, when the car comes off, I want an inflatable jacuzzi on the back of the motorhome. Okay, we've We're got other out, stuff around let's, here. Let's talk about the motorcycle stuff. So anyway, stuff. the last thing John wants to do is thanks for answering the right questions uh, most trail guys want to know. So a positive comment. And you print all these, right? Everything goes in here. Yeah. 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 Okay, Mike, Robbie or Roby? R-O-B-E-E? Roby. Roby, do you know him? No, no, I just... Uh, oh, sorry, Mike. Moto. Moto Roby. Moto Roby? Moto Robby. Ro- yeah. It's not that hard. Logan would, Logan would pronounce it properly. The George. reason, comma, why she felt traction control is the geometry of the swing arm, dot, dot, dot. That is why Yamaha spent three years to make it perfect. So he's talking about our Tenere um, 700 video and Moto Roby. Uh, I, I had, so I. <laughs> I wondered why he was such an expert. So I went and, you know, I always, every once in a while, I'm possessed to go check to see where these comments are coming from. And uh, he does a lot of videos of him riding around in a car, talking to himself, or, I mean, talking to other people. But so I said, what I, I, respi- I replied to him, I said, 
you've been watching way too many well-produced videos about this bike, meaning the other guy that <laughs> literally went on and said that Yamaha designed that, you know, this angle of the swing arm and all this other stuff. We had a long, long discussion on a show. And uh, if Logan were here, he'd tell you exactly, you know, because that's kind of co-host he is. He'd tell you exactly which show it was. He'd say, oh, go back and look at show this or that. And then he'd tell me exactly which one. Right. There's the there's the diagrams. Like, that's good, George. See, you're, you're catching on. One of these days you'll be as good as that kid we bring in here. Uh, so we talked about the angle of the swing arm and all that stuff. And that made for really good fodder on the other guy's uh, videos. But... It's that's not where the quote traction control is coming from. The traction control is coming from the design of that engine being a cross plane, two hundred seventy degree firing parallel twin. That is where you're getting that quote traction control feel, as well as from the mapping and from the 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 just the 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 way that they've you know delivered the power on that bike. It has very little to do with the chassis geometry and. I know that because uh, I'm a professional. Is it just slow to come in on the bottom? No, nope. is that kind of what it nope. is? No, it's the nope. different. It's it's the oh. it's the so what a what a cross plane crank does is it has a long delay between the firing at one point and then a close firing, and it was something that was used in they did it with four cylinder engines like in MotoGP. From maybe not familiar, Honda had an engine called the Big Bang engine. It was done on. It was, actually, it wasn't MotoGP. What was it? What was it back? What was it called back then? The 500 class? GP. GP, yeah. They, they used to do that with the, with the two strokes. It was, like, it was like when they figured that out, the cheating that they were able to do, quote, cheating, they just reconfigured their motor. And all of a sudden, their guys were getting traction where everybody else was eating shit. But they were so, also going to the moon. Yeah, moon. You the, do it. Yeah. To the moon. Oh, no, that, that was... That the 500 guys were spinning their tires, yeah, and the Honda wasn't. And yeah, it, it just it, instead of being just a constant too much power, yeah. it's like here's a lot of power, and now we're going to grab some traction. Here's a lot of power, now we're going to grab some traction. That's what this Yamaha is sort of doing. Uh, so it's not the chassis design, Moto uh, Roby, and uh, if uh, but I tell you what, the other guys' videos are really um, well put together and fun and informative. Uh, to the point where everybody believes what he says because the videos are good. And then all of a sudden that goes, you know what we need to do? We need to auction off bikes. I mean, we need to have a contest where we do bikes. I think that's way more people would watch our videos. If we gave away a bike, Bob's got a few bikes in your garage, start auctioning those off. Right. I was thinking the one that you left in front with your graphics on it. Cause that's a collector's item. Yeah. That's old news <laughs> now, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Windsor SX125, three days ago. I heard the Husaberg 570 has a lot of power. Can Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh. Can anyone confirm? Yes, I can. I can absolutely, with uh, without any reservation, confirm that the Husaberg 570 has a lot of power. So, you know, like I just said, I, I tend to, uh, you know, uh, check in on people. This guy, this guy evidently has a lot more Husabergs than I do. And so this, this was, this... This was his, I bet you he's getting ready to sell them. And he knows that the price has been going up ever since I've been telling everybody about how, like, because I have had a couple of people comment, you know, say, dude, quit talking about those things because it's a great bike. I mean, do you know how much power they make? And I look at him like, do, do I know how much power they make? Yeah, I know how much power they make. I, I have two of them. And 
they, they, the, the price is going up so they can't buy them because everybody wants to ride one. But I can't wait. This is what I really can't wait for. I can't wait for when I'm old, like almost as old as you, George. You're uh, almost as old as me, another six years or so. Right. So I want to when I when I get a little bit older, uh, maybe like crazy Nate age. When I get crazy Nate age, I want some kid to come up to me and said, "You know, I never got a chance to ride a Husaberg 570, <laughs> and I really wanted to, but you used to talk about him all the time, and it was like this mythical." Like it's like the Mako, the Mako four ninety for me. Yeah, it's like a unicorn. A unicorn. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. mythical unicorn flying. What's the? Yeah, because is, is that, that the unicorn that the Pegasus? Did yeah, did, the Pegasus. That's you should name that bike. No, I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't name my bikes. You know, but I tell you, you don't put stickers on the mufflers either. No, <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> the I I pulled apart um, a uh, KTM five hundred that had uh, five hundred hours on it. It has between four and six hundred hours, but I'm going to go with five. Uh, the odometer says four hundred and something or other, and I know that it's been run a lot of time without a wheel sensor, so that means that's not accurate. And so it's got a lot of hours on it. I pull it apart because it was starting to use oil, starting to smoke a little bit. Actually, it wouldn't you wouldn't really see the smoke, but it was you could see it like leaving it on the fender and on the license plate bracket and stuff. And I was blown away by how good everything looked. And we're pretty sure the oil is going by the rings, but I'll, I'll put some pictures up on Dirt Bike Tests uh, Facebook and Instagram so you can see it. Where I'm getting at is, so I have I have a, we're testing some different pistons. I have a Vertex piston uh, that I have in another bike that I'm going to pull out. And then I have this one that had stock and I'm going to throw another stock one and do some more comparison just so I'm, you know, I don't just guess at that stuff. We actually try to do it. But I was kind of pissed when I got the stock um, the new stock KTM piston because it it said it said KTM and Husaberg on the I mean KTM and Hus, Husqvarna on the box and I remember when I got one a while back it said KTM and Husaberg on the box and I was kind of hoping when I went up to the to the rafters where I had this thing stored I was kind of hoping that it would say Husaberg because I knew if I put that piston in the bike my KTM 500 it would have more power. It would have because it it would be a Husaberg piston, and that means more power. Just in case you were wondering, so if anybody has like a, a, a you know the KTM piston in the Husaberg box, I want I want that piston. I'll trade you. Danny Turner says that he heard the Mako Seven Hundred would eat its lunch. <laughs> so I have not ridden, which is why you see those all around. Huh? So so <laughs> so I have not ridden the Mako Seven Hundred. But I have ridden the ATK 700, which was built by the same people that made the Mako 700. And by the way, if you could get that bike started, and that's a big if, because I literally had to have Frank White, the owner of the company, it, they, they, we had a we had a, a ATK 500, a 650 or something like that, and or and then a seven a 670, which was quote the 700. We rode the 700 CC two stroke, and I kid you not. What a pile of shit. <laughs> excuse me. 700's a two stroke, right? Right. So it, there's a certain there's a certain displacement on a single cylinder two stroke where you have just gone too big. And I'm going to guess that it it's it's just slightly south of five hundred cc's when all of a sudden it's just too big of a it's just too big of a piston. That thing ran like a diesel. It had a power band of about 1500 rpm 
and I think it started at like 900 and went to like 2200. And it just went bull. And I, it made torque. But I don't think it made, because it wouldn't rev, it just wouldn't make any power. I mean, a lot, of, I mean, it made power, but not a, not a lot, not like a Husaberg 570, by the way. Um, but uh, those didn't have the electric start either. I don't no, suspect. No, no, it had a big, it had a big long kickstart. You had to take to the top of the stroke and you had to throw all your weight up on top of it. And you were hoping it was set right at top dead center. So it could get a full. And it's kick. point ignition. So you just off no, a no, little it, or no, something. It was, it was electronic ignition. It probably had an SEM or a moto plat or something inside of it. Uh, but it was, it was an art to get it started. And, and it had a decomp. It, I think it had a second spark plug hole with a decomp in it. So I think, I think you actually you had to use the decomp to get it set to top dead center, and, you, and I think the trick that Frank had was he would pull the decomp just as he got the lever started, and then let go of it so it would actually fire and not quote let misfire. Let go of it halfway down the push or something. Yeah, and and I you know I I knew how to start bikes with decomps and in things in the past. So um, anyhow, yeah, no uh, Mako seven hundred. I've I've ridden one uh, allegedly, allegedly <laughs> close. Rick Justice says, great review, possi- possibly the best I've viewed. What's he talking about? Uh, what was that now? I don't know. Guy just says, great review, possibly the best I've viewed. Oh, he's just talking about one of our videos. That's normal. Just, yeah. Okay. So Rick, what's his name? Rick? Justice. Rick like, Justice. Kind of like your name? Peace. Mine's spelled a little different. Right. Just like George. Spelled a little different. Yep. Because yep. you're, you're Mexi, Guatemala, Aldoran, right? That's where you're from? Well, we were talking that my people could be from Himalaya. Himalaya. Yeah. Were they, were they? Himalayan. They could be Himalayan, right? Yeah. So, yeah, we, we were talking about the... Uh, the Himalayan. The, uh, who makes... Uh, Royal Enfield. The Royal Enfield bike. Himalayan. And somebody, Jim, was talking about it. Well, that Himalayan. What, it, what was that bike? His friend wants to buy one. Rusty Nail wants me to auction off the Hosberg 570. Is that a special version of the Husaberg? I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. That could that could be the rototiller I dropped. dropped hey, auction that rototiller off. I might need it to tend to my garden because we're all going to have to lock down here and grow our own food pretty soon. You know how it's going to go. Okay. Um, I watched the news one night. Uh, next, Greg, Greg Rosell, R O E S S E L L, Jimmy, Greg. Yeah, Greg Russell, Rose, Rose, Rosell, Rosell. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was starting to drink. I thought you were going to. You just got to make sure the names are right. I mean, like Logan would be pretty pissed if we didn't pronounce the name properly. Jimmy, I keep hearing that the best modification of your bike would be some of those shiny anodized hubs or a super loud exhaust. Do you have any opinions about this? No, none, none, none whatsoever. Okay. In fact, that's probably the most accurate statement that's been spoken on the show tonight. Um, <laughs> shiny what? Anodized um, hubs. Shiny hubs? anodized hubs or a super loud exhaust. Wheelie boy stuff, huh? Well, um, I'm actually, I, so I'm take, I take all these questions seriously. Uh, shiny anodized hubs can sometimes be good if your hubs are junk. Um, there are some companies that make some good ones, but uh, it depends on who's putting them together and how it's all working. Um, loud, loud exhaust. Loud exhaust. Loud exhaust. No. Loud. Loud, like, that's the problem is. Actually, there was some dude that rode down the other street over here today, and I think he just got his new beluga pipe for his 
Harley or whatever. It was a, a, a maybe it was a Himalayan. It was, it was but, but a it was beluga a, pipe on his Himalayan. But it was a twin cylinder bike. It was definitely a twin cylinder, some sort of twin cylinder road going bike. I didn't actually see it, so I can't tell you what. I, but it, he was so happy to roll it on and roll it off because it made the you know the back and forth. It made noises on both ends, an ugly, horrible noise. Like if that guy was your neighbor, like if we lived in the world that I want to live in. You would shoot him. You would literally, after the fifth morning he fired that pile of shit up, you would shoot that guy. Just Loud pipes save lives, though. Where? I don't know. I Where? saw it on a bumper sticker. You know, so I used to, when I was living in Southern California, I used to do a fair amount of uh, commuting around on the motorcycle, so which meant splitting lanes. And the best thing I could ever do was pull in behind some <laughs> jackass on on some loud piped motorcycle because here's what happens is every 20th car the person would panic and literally almost swerve into the guy not away from him because it's a 50 50 it's like they panic they like that noise comes and they would swerve and generally at that point it would part the seas you know because they 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 almost kill the guy and then they start hugging the thing so i had a real wide berth uh, by the time, but I made sure, you know, I gave him about three cars lengths in front of me just to watch him part the seas because the, but the general reaction is not the one you would think. So I don't think that those pipes were, I bet you that 50% of the time, and there's probably some math someplace that would uh, think that those loud pipes actually kill as well. And not, not because I lived in the house next door to, and I shot the guy loud pipes it is because people panic when they hear the damn loud pipe and they they don't do what you think they would do because they're not very smart either they're not paying attention didn't we have the stickers less sound equals more ground that didn't work either yeah that didn't that we didn't get any more ground yeah that was uh we got less sound which was good um because it probably it probably it should have said less sound delays losing ground that would be kind of more, more, more of what would really happen. I mean, the real question is just how much power does it put out on the dyno? Um, the the dyno, like I would if if you lived next to me and you owned a dyno, I'd probably shoot you too. <laughs> like unless you're a really good tuner and you know how to use it, but like if you're the guy that like hangs those dyno numbers on your like, look at I bought this and it got this this horsepower and I'm like, okay. Um, so when you're riding, right? You're riding, yeah. And you're going along, and you. And when was the last time you actually like tried to twist the grip off the throttle tube? Huh? Going up that hill out of Sandy Valley. Oh, yeah. Did you twist it? Oh yeah. In did you run? Did you run out? It was none left. On your bike. My bike. On your KTM 500. You had it taped. Okay, here we go. Jim had it taped. Throttle was twisted. How fast was the bike going? Forty. <laughs> how fast? No, how fast? How fast? No, it's a good. It's a good question. So, 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 there's a big road in Sandy. I know where he's talking about. It's a big road, big dirt road. How? No, he was on the. He was on the paved road. On the paved road. Yeah, going up on the paved road. Yeah. Then you're breaking the law. You're not allowed to do that. No, we got we got plated bikes. No, not coming home on the way there. After we saw those. No, if you turn, if oh, you were on the dirt on his bike after we saw the tank. On his bike, if he turned the throttle wide open on his bike, he is breaking the law for speed limits, no matter what. I promise you. 25 in the dirt? 
No, I'm talking about like when you're, you said you was on a paved road. No, this is on the ground. Oh, okay, on the gravel road. Okay, so good. You're off road. You're riding off road. That's all good now. Yeah, okay. And how fast was it going? Fast enough so that you couldn't look down at the odometer, right? The tire was going 90. The bike was going 45. (laughs) At at that point, you ran out of traction. So it doesn't matter how much horsepower your bike makes. It's probably not going to push it any faster because you're going to run into this wall that the the air is going to push on you and your tire is going to only get so much traction and... Um, but your bike is pretty much stock. You don't, you don't have, you don't have any, you don't have beluga pipe on it, right? No, no. Yeah. Didn't change the swing arm angle to get better traction. <laughs> uh, okay. Point, uh, point taken. You, I'll, we'll tune your bike for more power tomorrow. We'll get, we'll, 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 we'll take some stuff off of it or something like that. More studs. Yeah. So hey, on the, on the chat room, Francis Cuddy. Mm-hmm. Jimmy, I'm putting a recluse radius CX on my 2023 50XCF. Appreciate the tuning tips. I'll I'll tell them you sent me. Oh, okay. So he's yeah, he's talking to them. That's and he good. Appreciates. Yeah. So not. I thought it was a question, but so he's putting a radius CX on which one? On uh, 2023 50XCF. Uh, okay. I, I was thinking because he, so he said radius X, but not a CX. 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 Cause yeah, that's the big one, I think. Radius well, CX has all the stuff. So CX, I think, has, I you know, we have to check, we have to check that because like the CX is designed for cable clutches, I believe. Because one of them, the difference between the radius X and the radius CX I'm not sure. <laughs> there's, there's there's different. They all no. have the EXP disc in there, but does the CX? Because the the one there's the one that when you have the cable clutch, you want to get their basket because it allows you to adjust the the free plane and you get better clutch feel as opposed to the one that always has a ton of tension in in the in the lever. So there's there's a couple different levels, and and trust me, when you pay a little bit more to get the higher level recluse clutch, it performs to a higher level. Just uh, you're getting some additional parts in there that actually do um, a little bit more, or you're actually adding more plates into the clutch pack. There's a lot of different things as George does his research. Any more questions on the paper there? I'll grab that while you keep doing the research here. So if uh, we've answered all the questions in the chat room, uh, that's that's good. Um, hopefully there were um, correct answers. So Mike... Zab, uh, Zab, Zabirik, Zabirik, Mike Zabirik says, love the show and value your opinion, Jimmy. Well, that's good. Somebody does. I'm in the market to buy a used trials bike, not looking to compete, just hone my skills on a smaller bike. That will transfer over to my YZ250X on Las Vegas single track. Is there any years where they made big improvements? And he's talking about the trial trials bike. Brands better than others, etc. Most of the ones I see for sale are 20 years old and are still asking quite a bit for the price. Um, so, yeah, there, there's a time in history around 2000 and I want to say it was 2003 or 2004 where Gas Gas literally shed, I want to say, 
15 or so pounds off of the trials bike. And they did it by, well, making a lot less trials bike. <laughs> they just, they made the everything, the motor just got super tiny. They took out anything that was unnecessary. Uh, the way that they activated the clutch, which is now kind of commonplace, was instead of having a separate, like, you know, slave cylinder, they actually built it into the side cover. The, Excuse me. The gears that they, the gears that they COVID. got. Yeah, I was going to try to turn your mic down. The gears inside the transmit, everything got smaller and lighter and smaller and lighter. And uh, so some a lot of durability went out at that point at the same time. But it forced the other manufacturers to start chasing this weight thing. And then shortly after that, the four strokes started coming, which in the beginning were a little bit of. Uh, they they weren't they weren't bad it was most it was the montessa but some of the other brands tried them as well but so it's kind of after that time if you get something pre you know early 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 2000s you're going to get something that's we'll say built a little bit more like a tank and then after that there's kind of this area in the in the mid 2000s that might be a little you know depending on what you get and then after that that's when they start getting expensive cuz they don't, most trials bikes don't get a ton of time on them unless they were, you know, somebody's competition bike and somebody will buy it, hang on to it for four or five years and then sell it. And then they seem like they go on the circuit where, and what I found with trials bikes, if you don't have a buddy that has one, you're probably not going to ride it a whole lot. It's kind of like, you, it's like an electric bike. You know, you need to have two of them in order to really go out and, and do much with them. But I don't think that there's a, and and the market and is you know the used market and stuff seems to uh, sort of you know fluctuate a little bit depending on whether they get popular. I think that with gas gas through KTM coming back, you're going to see a lot more new bikes because they brought a fair amount of them over in comparison. Uh, there's going to be a lot of new bikes out there, and that's probably going to drop the price down of some of the used stuff. But um, kind of check into the parts availability uh, when you when you buy. Uh, a bike, you know, maybe kind of, you know, look and see what the levers are going to cost you or what the fender, the rear fender specifically will cost you uh, before you jump in and buy uh, a particular bike. Cause it could, um, those price parts prices, uh, whether they're available or not could shock you, but it's not like you're going to wear out engines. Um, it's things like clutch plates. And then, you know, you can, you can weld the cases. I mean, I had a beta, 250 uh, trials bike for a while and it was great until it actually backfired and it blew the kickstarter out of the cases <laughs> again we're talking about that time when everybody was like looking for a little less weight so that was an expensive problem to have um but other than that it was a great bike i i mean it was one of the better trials bikes i've ever had so there's there's lots of stuff and and i think beta is going to start um so my two cents on that is I'd look for a club. There's a club down by me. I forget what it what it's called. Um, there's a trials club. They even have property up in the hills. Near Sacramento. Yeah, yeah I look for a club, and uh, then I just post it up, maybe reach out to Paul Neff at Cispus Cycles. Yep, he knows and, up in the Pacific he'd, he'd Northwest. Be, yeah. He'd be able to tell you or maybe hook you up with somebody. But it's kind of clicky. Very clicky. So, But if you get inside and find show some interest, those are the kind of guys that want to take you under your wing and, you know, yeah, maybe and, help and, you and set even, you up or whatever. Even as far as the parts availability and stuff, sometimes that's actually pretty regional because oh, you might have a good dealer then, that can that can that will know where to source it. Because now everybody's just so used to like going on eBay or Amazon or something and finding right. the thing. A like Adrian at uh, 
he's down there in at the valley Lewis, by Lewis me. Sport. Lewis Sport. Adrian Lewis Sport. at yeah, Lewis Sport. Yeah. He's a big importer for yeah, the guy was, or something. The guy was he's super helpful. Really helpful and knowledgeable. And uh, then uh, the guy that came and trained with you. The guy that uh, – the trial Ryan guy. Young. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Ryan Young. He's well, a real he's, nice he's the, guy. He's the importer for Sherco. Yeah, and he's yeah. he's really nice and helpful too. Yeah, no, there's, there's it's it's a really strong tight knit community, and uh, it's 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 not once you kind of get into it. And I don't I I don't know that much about it, but I sure know I like putting around on my trials bikes. Uh, Mark Daniels asked Jimmy, does your KTM 500 have a Kickstarter on it? Well, it did last time I looked. <laughs> Why did somebody play a joke on me around here? That's your rally bike, the one you're rebuilding. It's one of them. Yeah. Yeah, they all, all all my KTM's. Does Bob the one the one that I haven't paid you for yet have a Kickstarter on it? No, no. You might get paid next week. I have another school. I might have enough money to pay you for it, well, but I might not pay. I might I might not pay you for it because. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, wimpy. You know, glad pay, they pay you tomorrow for a burger today. You you should. Yeah, well, you, you know, if I if I was riding it around, then I'd feel guilty. But it's just sitting there parked. Just hope we don't have a registration issue. Uh, I forgot what we even did with that. I know we got it out of your hands. Uh, any other, anything else? Nothing on the site that I see. Nope. Uh, I think I got to tell you on that recluse tuning. Uh huh. There's just that little bit right at the end, at that first, well, at the beginning of that first we're, little we're, bit of engagement. We're talking about the clutch. To dial in that recluse that really makes a big difference. Yeah, a huge difference. Huge just difference. That little bit. Does it does it rev up and come just off of idle to engage, or does it really just start going right away? And and you that know, can, and engaging and and so there's six there's six springs in the EXP disc, and then you have different weight, you know, weight wedges and stuff. But those those six discs uh, springs, like I you know I I intermix them so I I mean a lot of times I'm three and three of one color or another color to get that just right and then then I go down to actually playing with the even the free play gain to get that feeling just right which recluse doesn't like because if you screw that up it's you're frying your clutch if you don't allow it to work all the way um but yeah it's it makes it it makes a big difference it's like it's it's like having somebody operate your clutch wrong if you don't have it set up Right, and even on the KTM 390, we just did a project bike with. Um, I installed the clutch as delivered, and I put it in like usually. I rode it around for that day. I, I was uncomfortable. Jim, like same thing, was like, I pulled it out. You should ride it now. I switched the springs in. Yeah, we're gonna oh. ride it tomorrow. Oh yeah, way better. Yeah, you're gonna ride it tomorrow. Oh wait, I was gonna ask about. I thought that. you were gonna. If you don't have it set up right, would I have you do a, that after the show. I have a flooring project over in the other thing, and then I was wondering about this board here where I can mark off the. <laughs> The bikes? Oh, I'm sure you were. Yeah. I mean, you already dusted Jeremy off. What else do you have to do? That's Somebody, all. Mark Daniels is going back to something here. He asked about the Kickstarter. But they offered the add-on kit. Yeah. Um, I got the one on mine. and The one time I was going to try and use it, it wouldn't start the bike. I got my <laughs> jump start battery out, and that was easier. I would, I would much rather buy a jump start battery than put that Kickstarter kit in, because 99% of the time, that's gonna, it's going to be a battery issue. That, that that caused the the problem and now they they end up working out pretty good. So with that, I think we've answered most of the questions. Uh, Bob is raising his hand. Yes, Bob. I'm just here to remind you that it's a family show, so when you 
refer to your physician, your physical condition. Family show. To yourself as ample posterior. Ample posterior, right. So I just looked, I can look in this chart how much dead airspace that took to get in here. So we should have uh, ended the show like 30 seconds ago. But with that, I would like to remind you that this show would not be possible without the help of a brand called KTM. Powered by a distinct ready-to-race mentality, KTM is the world's leading high-performance street and off-road motorcycle manufacturer. With North American headquarters based in Murrieta, California, over the years, KTM has built a reputation as a fierce competitor on racetracks around the world, and the brand's remarkable global success is reflected in every product develops and every move it makes. Kind of like subliminally causing you to buy a new KTM without knowing why from the advertising on this podcast. So with that, I think we're going to call it good. I'd like to also thank uh, Climb and Recluse for supporting the show. George, do you have anybody to thank? Um, you have no, any plugs? No, nothing? Nothing. Nothing? No. <laughs> no. Follow George at uh, on the Instagrams? No, don't follow me. I'm bored. Where's your flag? You're not oh, waving no. a flag around? Well, see, I'm still masked up on your computer. Where's your sticker? See that? It's on your computer, but I, I'm wearing a mask. I'm politically it's correct good. there. <laughs> so, what about the what tequila were we drinking tonight? Oh, uh, Jose Cuervo, traditional uh, reposado. reposado. Good yeah. stuff. Uh, no, I just want to, you know, you thankful can th- you- to be here, be riding, and I'm above grade, so it's a good uh, day. I thought you were going to thank me. So I'll, Oh, thanks, Jimmy. Yeah, okay, yeah, good. Yeah, thanks. We're really trying to, you know, get a lot of thumbs up here. You know, that's yeah. That's, send thumbs here. I'm going to put some in myself. Yeah, Hold drop on. some thumbs up at the on the show and uh, thumbs well, mean a lot to Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they're they're like dollar signs, okay? We should come back in a half hour and just bash people. Let's let's put up. No, I'm uh, going other reviewers on here. I'm going to sleep. I'm done. <laughs> so with that, everybody. Hey, thanks for joining in. We will see you out on the trail. Cheers. That was a pretty good show, huh? Yeah, it was. Did you learn anything? Yeah. What was that? I need to get a recluse on all my bikes. All your bikes? Yeah. Which one first? Uh, probably the YZ250F. Why is that? So I worry less about my clutch and worry more about my riding. So we're going to see in the expert class pretty soon, yeah? Hopefully. Right on. So if you need more information about recluse clutches, where do you go, Logan? Go to www.recluse.com. That is recluse spelled R-E-K-L-U-S-E. So for Jimmy Lewis, this is Logan Tyler, and we'll see you on the next show.